So today's gospel has uh, a very interesting phrase in it and a very interesting response uh, from the Lord. So we have a, a leper here. So a leper has, is someone who has suffered grievously. Their physical ailment is horrendous uh, because it's one of those slow degenerative kind of diseases and <clears throat> it's going to drag out for years. It's going to be little by little parts of you falling off your fingers your ears your toes as, as as you lose feeling in them and then people are horrified at the sight of you because they are scared to death that they might contract this disease as well so no one wants to see you no one wants to be with you apart from maybe other lepers uh, and you have this death sentence that's just going to drag out five years eight years who knows it's awful, 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 awful situation to be in and also incurable. So you're stuck with it until you die. There's, just, there's no doctor who could, who could heal you, cure you, help you or alleviate your pain in any way. So it's, it's a, I mean, you can imagine then what, that, what, does to, what that does to your mind. Um, uh, St. Damien of Molokai, when he went out, there were leper islands out there in, in uh, Hawaii, I believe, if I remember correctly, Hawaii. Uh, so they would have a whole island where anybody who had leprosy was basically dumped there. They'd have them in, in a ship, in a special area of the ship. They'd get near to the island and they'd, well, they wouldn't actually push them off, no. They'd poke them off with a stick and let them swim, swim into the island and that was it. So it was a, a leper colony. And on that leper colony, because everyone had a death sentence and was going to die in a horrific manner anyway, morality just dropped through the floor because they thought, well, We've nothing to live for anyway. Might as well squeeze every bit of pleasure we can out of life before we die. So he went there to, to work as a, as a missionary uh, and actually contracted leprosy himself and, and died. But, but the point was, while there, he was trying to underline to them, show to them, also with his life and with his sacrifice and with the risk that he had taken by, by, by working amongst them, that life is, life is more than just good health. That... Health, we may have it, we may not have it. But we weren't created for this earth anyway. We're created for something much better, much, more, much longer lasting. We're created for heaven. So even if we have this, this death sentence of, of, of leprosy, and we should do all we can medically to help that, our sights have to be set on something better. Otherwise, our happiness here is conditional on us being healthy or young or fit or able-bodied or rich or whatever it may be. We have this conditional happiness. Conditional happiness is always very, very dangerous because as soon as that condition is taken away, we plummet into despair. Whereas if our, our happiness is rooted on God, rooted on eternal life, rooted on eternal happiness, then no matter what happens on this earth, this, this is so easy to say. This is so easy to say. Not so easy to live, but it means that when then things are taken from us here, we're rooted in the Lord. And so our happiness remains despite the chaos, despite the storm, despite the, the loss, the illness, or the grief. Uh, this is obviously, as I say, just very, very easy to say. Um, not so easy to live. But Jesus says these beautiful words uh, at the request of the leper. The leper says to me, says to him, if you want to, you can cure me. If you want to. He says to Jesus, if you want to, you can cure me. There's a few things going on with, with, with that question because fundamentally uh, Pope Benedict uh, 
he said this, this beautiful phrase in, in his book, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, healing is an essential dimension of Christianity. It expresses the entire content of our redemption. Healing. Healing expresses the entire content of our redemption. What does that mean? Well, what's, okay, what's our redemption? All of sacred scripture culminating in Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. Right? So this is like the high point of, of, of humanity, high point of history. Jesus giving his life for us. That's the most important uh, event in history because it's what allows us to enter heaven. It's the source of all grace. Okay, so, so Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. It's what everything in the Old Testament is preparing for. You know, the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah, the liberation of, of his people, but not just the people of Israel, but of all mankind. This is what everything is pointing to. Then uh, the New Testament afterwards is describing how the apostles took that message, the gospel, out into the world. But it all culminates in Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. So Pope Benedict XVI says that all of, of redemption, so all of the, the story of, of our faith can be summarized in, in this term, healing. Now, uh, most of us, well, if I'm honest, I didn't think of that. I, I, well, he's smarter than me, evidently. Uh, but I, I would never have thought of summarizing our faith with the term healing. Because uh, I guess when we think of healing, we think bodily healing. You know, leprosy, blind, the, 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 the lame, the dumb, whatever it was. Uh, all these stories from, from sacred scripture. We think, of, we think of physical healing. But when the Lord th- thinks of healing, you see... His, his, again, like we were saying, our sights have to be set not just on, on, kind of on health or happiness here, but our sights have to be set on eternal life, eternal happiness with God. That's where Jesus' sights are set, always. So he always keeps in mind not just kind of the, the, the short-term good of this life, but the long-term, the eternal term of heaven. So he won't give us anything here, short-term, that might endanger our long-term happiness. Parents do this all the time. Okay, Parents do this all the time. Where You don't give a child something that he really, really wants that will make him really, really happy that might kill him. Right? You know, like they may want... Uh, I've told the story a few times. Like When we were kids, myself and my brother, we often asked mom and dad, could we borrow the steak knives? Why is that? Uh, we want to play swords. Now, this would have made me happy. I would have been a very happy child if I was able to play swords with the razor-sharp steak knives that we had reserved in a special place on, top, on the top shelf. That would have, been, would have been really joyful for me. And I was denied that because my parents don't love me. <laughs> no, I was denied that because my parents love me, okay? Because long-term, it's, I'm really delighted that I still have ten fingers, which wouldn't have happened uh, if I had played swords with my brother with steak knives. Okay, so... So God has his sight set on, on long-term happiness. So he can even allow things like, like illness and sickness if they serve the long-term good of our eternal happiness, if they serve the long-term good of heaven. Okay, so sometimes through sickness and illness, it's then that we learn our need for God. Sometimes when we're pushed to the ground, it's then that I learn, I'm actually not almighty, I'm actually not God, I actually need him. That's a very, very important lesson. Otherwise, we go through life always on our terms. Everything has to be according to my will, when I want and how I want. And if God doesn't give it to me, he doesn't care about me, he doesn't love me, he doesn't know me, why does he even exist? Okay, we live life on our own terms, a very, very dangerous way to live. If, on the other hand, the experience of our weakness, the experience of loss, causes us to, to, to learn this most essential lesson, I am not God, and I will need him for all eternity. 
He is my greatest good. He is the source of my joy, the source of my happiness, and I must root myself in him. And if we learn that through illness or through loss, then we have learned a very, very important lesson, and that illness or loss has served me for eternal life. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's like a parent bringing a child to the dentist. The, the, the parent does not want their child to suffer. Going to the dentist is not going to be pleasant, right? We won't go into the details. But it can be quite, especially as a kid, you don't know why you all these tubes are in your mouth and the dentist insists on talking to you when you've got this yolk sucking at your tongue. Kind of and, um, you know, and like, it's, just, it's a fairly horrific thing because you, you can't see it. Then you, they ask you to spit out and you get the glass and you, half it leaks out your face because you can't feel the right thing. I thought I knew how to drink, but obviously I don't. <laughs> and and then, then when you spit, you spit out little bits of metal and tooth and blood. Right? It's, it's a kind of horrific thing. You know what I mean? So par- why do parents allow this? Because they're all sadistic, right? No, because they love their child and want their child to have a full mouth of teeth. Right? The, the, the necessary amount, not too many, not too few. Okay, so... So they allow this because they love their kids. Even though temporary, short-term, it's not going to be pleasant. But long-term, there's, there's, there's a meaning in this. Similarly, God can allow things that aren't pleasant in our lives, but for the long-term goal of getting us to heaven. So when Jesus thinks of healing, he doesn't just think of bodily healing. There are three kind of elements, three sides to, to, to us as human beings. We are a body. We are a mind and we are a soul. And all three things have to be taken care of. We have to be careful in, in, in the church that we don't think only the soul has to be taken care of and you forget the body. I mean, if you have, if you have a sore hip, you go to the doctor. There's no problem. That's, that's not a lack of faith. You know, if, if, you, if, if, if someone comes to me and they say, um, you know, they're, they're losing their sight in one eye, I won't say, we, we, we can pray about that. I mean, we can pray about that and we will pray about that. But... Go to the doctor as well. You know what I mean? Get that checked out. <laughs> you know, that's not a lack of faith. It's just, you know, use the resources we have to take care of our bodies. When we think of healing, generally speaking, we think of the body alone. But that's, that's too limited a view. It's not just bodily healing that matters to the Lord. We also have a, have a mind. And th- this, this mind of ours, uh, it can be a very, a very, very busy place, a very complicated place. And we've said this before, like when, especially when you're working with people who have depression or addictions or suicidal tendencies or self-harm, they can have the healthiest bodies in the world. The bodies are fine. There's nothing wrong. But because the mind isn't good, their healthy body is almost useless to them. In fact, they want to throw their healthy body off a bridge. So the, 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 mind, like, the, the mind is just so crucially important. We get this wrong, and then, as I say, your healthy body is no good to you. So the Lord also wants to heal our minds, our memories, the hurts that we've experienced in the past, the rejections that we have experienced, the times we were told we weren't good enough, the times we were told we will never amount to anything. The Lord wants to heal those things as well. Dare I say they're probably even more important than a bodily healing, the healing of, of our minds and memories and hurts. We can't let go of these things. And then, as I say, our healthy bodies, we, we, we ignore, we don't even see this amazing gift we have. So, the Lord wants to heal not just our bodies, but also our minds. Very interestingly, when we were over in, in, in Sikh there in uh, St. Louis for, uh, from the 1st of January to the 6th, uh, a bishop of one of the most Catholic dioceses in the country, Lincoln, Nebraska, 
uh, that Bishop, Bishop Connolly gave a homily uh, on, during one of the Masses. And it was a nice homily at the beginning. He spoke about, I don't know, nice things, Jesus and grace and, I don't know, something. Uh, it was a nice, a nice homily. But then he said, uh, and I've experienced the Lord's power, the Lord's intervention, the Lord's grace in my own life when I suffered from depression. And suddenly all the heads go up and he has the whole 17,000 strong crowd in his hand. Hang on. You're a bishop and you do, you've just said that you suffer from depression. And he went on to explain how, as a bishop, he came to this moment where his mind was just so, so dark and so heavy and things were just so, weighed him down so much that he had to uh, take some time out and get help, body, mind and spirit, counselling and balance in his life and it was just amazing to hear him be so honest as a bishop of a very very I'll say successful diocese they have tons of vocations they're exporting vocations to other dioceses around in Lincoln they have so many so his diocese is going very well so you wonder why, why, why him but there you go the mind the mind how the Lord wanted to heal him in his mind too and how actually now through that cross that he endured uh, he's able to speak to people on a level that he understands them and they recognize the humility that, 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 that he has in, in admitting, I, I struggled in this way. So the Lord is bringing good out of it. Okay, so we've body and mind and also obviously our souls. Our souls, this is, this is the, the, the place where, where, where grace intervenes in a particular way. So where the Lord wants to, to, to fill our hearts, our, our interior life with him, with himself with a greater desire for heaven, with selflessness, with service, with forgiveness. That area needs, needs healing too. And the Lord wants to heal all three. So when we think of, of healing, healing is so much more than, than, than just our bodies. Healing is it's how we can summarize the whole story of redemption. One last little point is that the probably most crucial element of healing that the Lord wishes to, to grant us all is the healing of the relationship between us and God the Father. So he wants to unite us and God the Father again and heal that relationship. That relationship which is like, was the first thing that Adam and Eve uh, experienced, this attack on their relationship with the Father when the serpent comes to them and says, is, is it true that you're not allowed to eat from any of, you're not allowed to eat the fruit of any of the trees of the garden? So immediately, is your father really good? Is your father actually good? He puts you in this beautiful garden and tells you you can't eat anything. Is that, is, is that what he did? He said, no, 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 we can eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, all of them except one, lest we die. So there's one tree here that will poison us. The rest are absolutely perfect. We can eat from all of them. So we're not hungry. Just as one tree is poisonous. And the servant says, die, you will not die. Your father isn't telling the truth. You eat from this tree and your eyes will be opened. Your father is holding something back from you. He doesn't want your happiness. He doesn't want to share his power with you. If you want happiness, you take it from him. Don't wait for him to give it to you. Take it. A typical temptation of sin. You want to be happy? Drink. You're married, but you want to be happier? Sleep around. You know, take your happiness. Take it. Don't wait for it to be for God to grant it. Don't ask him what will make you happy. Don't confer with him. Take it. 
And what are the consequences of it? What's the consequence of, t- of taking that happiness? Shame, embarrassment, and death. They, they, they now realize they're naked. They don't have to cover themselves before. There, there was such purity and innocence in the garden. Their nakedness, their nudity didn't matter. There was no sin. There was no lust. After that fall, then everything goes haywire. Why? The attack on that relationship with their father, which is what Jesus wants to heal. So Jesus, so healing is such a, such a beautiful term. So when Jesus says, of course I want to, be healed. When he says this to, this to the leper, he's speaking about more than just bodily healing. We have a body that needs healing, absolutely. We also have a mind, a minefield that needs healing. We have a soul that needs healing. And fundamentally, we have a relationship between us and God the Father that needs healing. The Lord wishes to heal it all. So this is all so much bigger than than, than just bodily healing. There's something much bigger going on here, much more profound, a healing that's oriented towards eternal life. So today, we bring our hearts, we bring our minds, we bring our bodies to the Lord for healing. And we say to him, along with our leper, from today's gospel, if you want to, you can cure me. And Jesus, feeling sorry for us, will stretch out his hand and say to us, of course I want to. Be healed. Amen.